Hello, this is Aaron Bounds, pastor of the Anchor Church located in Zanesville, Ohio. I want to say thanks for tuning in today. I hope this podcast inspires you, encourages you, and helps you to live the life God called you to live. I can't help but praise Him. I can't help but get excited. When that man who was a cripple, and he was prayed for, the Bible says in his ankle bones received strength. The Bible says he got up and he leaped and walked through the temple praising God. I'm just glad he picked you up and turned you around. If he's ever healed your body, wave your hands. Come on, if he ever set you free, wave those hands. He's a miracle worker. How many believe he's a disease healer? Praise God. He's a, he's, a, he's a God of hope and mercy and grace and praise in the name of the Lord. Come on, choir. Has he been good to you? Oh, thank you, Jesus. Come on, give God another high praise. When I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for me, Amen. Thank you, choir. You all can return to your seats. Amen. Praise the name of the Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We are so thankful for the saints of God and everybody that is here tonight. We pray on this first Sunday where we give to missions and celebrate what He is doing around the world. Celebrate what he's doing around the region. Amen. We're so thankful. Praise God for our leaders, all of the saints of God that are witnessing and teaching and helping and serving in all the ways. Are we thankful for every usher, every hostess, every children's minister, every youth leader, every van driver? Amen. Every saint, every person, every giver every praiser, every worshiper, you mean something to the body. You do. Amen. Praise God. Y'all can be seated. But we're thankful for the saints of God. I'm going to tell you, I'm thankful for this mass choir. What a great multi-generational. Amen. It is Pastor Appreciation Month and we're so thankful. The Bible says, how can you hear without a preacher? How can he preach except he be sent? When you think of preachers, I, I grew up honoring ministry. And it was said, heard it many times as a child. And um, I'd have to step down from pastoring to become a president. I mean, it would be a lower position. Because the highest calling is a call to the ministry. Take the preacher out, there's no hope. Because what that family they represent is the Lord. The priesthood is, it is an honorable position. Not everybody is called to be a pastor. The Lord said, I will choose whom I shall choose. I will be merciful to whom I will be merciful. And gracious to whom I will be gracious to. We don't know why it does it, but we're privileged to be called to it. And if you're in the building, you've been called to it, but you're running from it, you're missing out. 
Amen. The greatest calling is to be called a pastor. I really do thank God for our pastors. I would like Pastor Sister Castle to step forward and, and to come. I'll never forget the message that he preached. It changed my perspective. He preached on we're not servants, but we're sons. Sons get a different treatment than servant. God adopts us to be sons. And we're so thankful for the call of God that's upon them and the revival and the harvest that they're seeing in Woodsville, Ohio. And we're so thankful and we celebrate you all as a, one of our campus pastors. Love you very much. Praise God. So thankful. Just remain That's it. Give honor to them. heard somebody say every great church has somebody that stayed I called Sister Kim I said how'd it go today she said well we didn't have anybody today but we just worshiped the Lord I said just stick it out there's prophecy over what you're doing and now they've been baptizing people coming to the Lord people coming back to God they've got a whole room full of children living for the Lord it's amazing and we're thankful for all the Woodsville saints here tonight praise God amen Amen. I, I want Pastor and being Sister Tracy Nutter to come. And uh, it's amazing how God brings things full circle. I remember he taught me about the value of getting the heart fixed. And uh, he preached here one time. It was so great that I almost called an entire revival. And I was so thankful for his ministry. He served here many, many years. And uh, I want to say to both of you, and uh, Sister Tracy, you're making a difference. You're going to be able to look over your shoulder and say, I did the will of God. We had a conversation one time about that. And uh, you are in your calling, doing exactly what the will of the Lord is. And uh, as your pastor, I'm very, very thankful for, I personally believe that where matters just can't go to any city and pastor and have a result. The Bible says he took Adam and he placed him in the garden. I still believe God takes specific people and places them where he's called them, designed them to be. And both of you are in the perfect will of God. And Goshocton is better because they have a ministry like you both. And for that we're very thankful. Pastor Josh and Sister Rebecca Crispin, we want them to come. He, he taught us through his preaching that I know my thoughts towards you, saith the Lord. They're good and not evil. You remember preaching that? Yeah. It's his favorite scripture. To give you an expected end. Come on over here. Amen. Sit right here. Don't hide from me now. Amen. I, that was a great, I'm telling you, I, I read the Bible through and been this all my life, but you taught us what that verse means. Not only did you teach us that, but you taught us that when God gets you into a place of no pain, it's not restoration. The 
but you got to be functioning. You can get to a place where you don't feel pain, but that's not. But you got to get to a place of functioning. I never forgot that. It was such a powerful word that we give it out to everybody that's dealt with grief, pain, and suffering. Because you know what it was like in that moment. And uh, I'll never forget, Pastor Christman, this is random, but being in the hospital with you and Grant, and your wife was grieving. Because on the Life 360, she saw you didn't show up and you're headed to the hospital. We didn't know what was going to come out of that, but I walked in the room and the nurse walked in and said, what we're about to do to you is barbaric. Remember that? He said, how can I forget that? What they're about to do with that compound fracture sticking out of your leg. I think they said something like, you were that close to bleeding to death. Either direction would have been a nerve or an artery. I don't understand trials. I don't understand pain. We had a preacher this morning who said, we're all going to go through a storm, but there's an exodus to every storm. And you come out with authority, you come out with power, for that we're so grateful for both of you. Such powerful ministry. There's a baby in your church. There's a baby in the womb of the Cambridge church. When it's birth, you're going to know exactly what it is. But There's no ultrasound on it right now. I can't tell you exactly what it is, but there's a baby in the womb of that church. It's going to give you much rejoicing. It's going to be fruitful. Lift your hands, lift your hands. I want you to respond. The Spirit of the Lord is witnessing what I'm prophesying. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Glory. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. I'd say in everything in me, reach. Would you both both take, take both your hands and just reach. That's what the Lord would say to you. Reach what plan on prophesying, but it's here. There's fruitfulness. Come over, lay hands on Sister Christman. Brother Nutter, lay hands. Come on, the spirit of prophecy is here. In the name of the Lord. God sent you to Cambridge and your amazing wife and amazing children. Amen. Aren't we thankful? Praise God. Praise the name of the Lord. Here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're all together. All 
Somebody reach out and make a covenant with God. Lord, you are my God. You are my shepherd. Come on. We're honoring these families, but the Lord is so worthy of our praise right now. He is in this room. Thank you, Lord. 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 In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. I uh, want Pastor and Sister, Pastor Tony, Sister Angel Richard to come. So thankful for them. Amen. He, he preached a message. He preached a message from a verse that says keep your heart with all diligence for out of it comes the issues of life you better guard your heart and one of the messages he preached I'll never forget was decisions I never knew I made remember this it's powerful because when you decide to do something for God there's things going to happen that you didn't foresee going to happen you'll never step toward the Lord that you are disappointed how many know it's true but we're so thankful not only did a pastor in Crooksville but they also pastor new legs. And I rejoice with every result that has happened there. As it, Crooksville's been 15 years, I think. Is that is that next year's gonna be 15 years? And uh, been pastoring New Lex how long now? Eight years. I mean, he's I don't know how he's one of the busiest people I know, but he does it with such grace and balance and such amazing people, amazing family. We're so thankful for you both. And would you clap your hands of appreciation? Stretch your hands toward our campus pastors and say a prayer. <laughs> You're such a witness of the Spirit. Preserve them, Lord, and their families. Protect them, Lord, and their families, and prosper them and their families. I pray, give them wisdom and prudence, gentleness and kindness, joy and love, faith. Hallelujah, all of those great benefits of your fruit, oh God of the Spirit. Let your hand be upon them. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. I am so thankful. The, the, this, I, it's hard to move on when there's such a presence of peace of God. Can y'all feel what I feel up here? I'm not alone in this, am I? How many feel the gentle touch of the Lord? The Lord's witnessing. This is the will of God. This is very, very apostolic, amen, what we're doing and sending and being sent. Aren't you so thankful for these families that have God has sent to your city? Amen. May the Lord bless them. God bless you all. Thank you. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Praise God. I don't even know what to do right now. He's coming. Praise the Lord. He knows what to do. Praise God. Thank you, Pastor Bounds. We would like Pastor Bounds to remain here. Where are you going? Come back up here. <laughs> and we would like uh, First Lady Sister Bounds, wherever she's at, to join us. And uh, Jillian, we want you to come. And Sawyer and Finn. Amen. I don't have anything scripted or writing, written to say. 
sometimes there's not a lot of words to say, but there's a lot of love to give. And um, we're thankful for your vision, just for what we just witnessed. Thankful for the pastor of this congregation and the bishop of our cities that we pastor in. Stan Gleason once said one time that it's one thing when the pastor believes in the saints, or the saints believe in the pastor, but it's another thing when the pastor believes in the saints. And thank you for teaching us that our first calling is to be saints. And thank you for believing in us and willing to send us to laboring in these cities. What a great visionary you are, and we appreciate that. And um, been able to see, haven't been able to rub shoulders with the children too much until recently here at ACA. And uh, thank you for leading them by example. They are wonderful children, and they lead by example, and we honor you as well today, too. Amen. So, love, uh, we love you all so much, and love is an action word, and the daughter work pastors have come together with a gift from each one of our churches to honor you all. We love you all so much. Thank you for your example. They work tirelessly. We appreciate everything that they do, leading us in the best is yet to come for the Anchor Church. Thank you. the book of Acts chapter 2 is where I'll read my text this evening what a delight it is to once again stand at the pulpit the anchor church in Zanesville what a gift the body of Christ has been to Natalie and I through the years uh, as a result of our fellowship with the anchor church look around this room I mentioned it this morning so many of you here who uh, made an imprint on us during our season here in Zanesville and uh, what, what a difference it made in our healing. Amen? And are you thankful for the spirit of this church? Amen. We drove into Zanesville and uh, I said uh, there's there's nowhere like Zanesville, there's no place like the Anchor Church, and there's nobody like Aaron and Cindy Bounds. Amen. Aren't you blessed? Amen. Amen. I give honor to your pastor. I told it this morning, and for all of you that weren't here this morning, I'm going to tell it again. Uh, some 10 years ago, Brother Bounds said to me one day, you know, it worked today, didn't it? We, I, we, we preached at McConnellsville. Brother, Brother Bounds got up there and 
he started preaching, praying, and prophesying. Then he had to go pray for everybody. So he just flipped me the mic and he said, you preach while I go pray for everybody. And we just kind of flowed. It, it just worked out. Amen. I love working in partnership uh, with people that share the same vision and DNA. Amen. And uh, so I'm thankful for Brother Bounds. Ten years ago, he said to me one day, you know, Huck, you and I belong together. And I said, uh, well, what, what does that mean, Brother Bounds? And he said, well, he said, uh, I have a, I have a tendency to be too spiritual. And, and, and you have a tendency to be too carnal. And together we bring about the right balance. Thank God for people the Lord puts in your life to bring the right balance. Amen? Amen. So I said this this morning. I'll reiterate it tonight. If there's ever a time that your pastor seems to be getting too spiritual... Don't talk to him about it. It's not your job to correct a man of God. Just give me a call and I will bring the balance of carnality that he needs. Amen. What a great delight it is to be here tonight. I love my wife, Natalie. We were able to be a part of your retreat weekend and uh, just so much fun to partner in ministry with her. But uh, we always have a good time at the anchor. Amen. I, I'm looking back through the light and I see Brother Nutter and uh, he was youth pastor here when I was here 10 years ago. I have so many things to say, none of them appropriately conveyed from the pulpit. So uh, good to see you and Sadie here tonight. Acts chapter 2 and verse number 1. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place and suddenly, everybody say suddenly, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire and it sat upon each of them and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. What a sight. What a sight it must have been for a passerby to peer in through the window of the upper room and see what we are reading. I, I get that we can read and let our imaginations run wild, but I'm not sure that it has the same effect as it would if we were looking through the window and we saw something we had never seen before that was supercharged with the supernatural Tongues like as a fire sat upon each of them and they're speaking with tongues. What a sight. What a sight it must have been for Sunday night church. And this, our text, is the beginning of the church. The book of Acts, it's, it's the beginning of the church. It's what you and I are living in today. This is the inception of the church, but you and I are living in this church. 2,000 years later, if you were to walk by the door of the church and peer through the window and see what's going on in this sanctuary, I pray to God that they see the very same thing and have the same kind of feelings and get the same concept about church that they did that day when the church was born. 
I'm glad to be a part of the church. The greatest church that God ever put together is the church that you and I belong to. And we're still part of that first century apostolic outpouring. And it is just alive today as it's ever been. The Lord will help me for just a few moments. I want to preach to you a supernatural church. A supernatural church. Would you put your hands in the air? Would you invite the Lord to speak all over this congregation tonight? Lord, we love you. We thank you for your word. Thank you for what we feel in this house. I pray, God, that you would speak with clarity in this room. I pray, Lord, that you give direction and help and strength, Lord. We give you praise and glory and honor in Jesus' name. Amen. Would you clap your hands to the Lord? God bless you. You can be seated. I'm, I'm not sure of some things that maybe others have a bit more clarity on with regard to the birth of the first century church. I'm not real sure how mantles are passed. I'm not saying that they're not. In fact, I believe perhaps they are, but I don't know that I have the theological understanding tonight to articulate in words how it transpires. In fact, I don't have a deep theological understanding about impartation. I talk about it and I've even alluded to it in ministry, but I'm not sure if you were to just really pin me down tonight and ask me to explain what happens that I could give you a good definition of impartation. However, I am aware of a few things, and I'm aware that our culture, even within the evangelical community, has been influenced to far, far too great a degree to rely on the natural. We have learned to depend on our wit and our wisdom. We have learned through gifts and talents and abilities to have church. We think and reason and even depend on the depth of our intellect. And while I am certain that God is reasonable... I do understand that faith is risky. And however risky faith is, it is the safest way to walk. But it's this tug of war that happens between our faith and our natural abilities that seem to leave us with so many unanswered questions. 
If I could for just a few moments tonight, I want to provoke you to look at the birth of the church. And in Acts chapter 2, at the birth of the church. If we look at the inception of what you and I are a part of tonight. It did not begin with intellect. It did not begin with gifts and abilities. But the truth is that the first century church was birthed in the supernatural. And while the church was born in the supernatural, it is now incumbent upon us 2,000 years later to live in the supernatural. We believe in this church, in the gifts of the Spirit operating. We believe that old men shall dream dreams and young men shall see visions. We believe that signs shall follow them that believe. We believe that the church is a spirit-led church and that we are a supernatural gift to the earth. Can I stop here and tell you that I celebrate on this evening that we are a supernatural church. That we were birthed in the supernatural. We live in the supernatural. And when the rapture of the church takes place, we're going to go up in the supernatural. I want to remind you that we're not a church that depends on gifts and talents and abilities and intellect and understanding, but we do follow the vein of the Spirit as it courses through our congregations that what you're looking for is not going to come out of your personal wit and wisdom, but it's going to come through a demonstration of the Holy Ghost and power. Paul said, I come not with enticing words of wisdom, but in demonstration of the power of God. If you're in this room 2,000 years later after the church's birth, we're still living in a powerful church. Woo! Acts. Chapter 3, and Paul, or Peter rather, fastening his eyes upon him with John, said, look on us. And he gave heed unto them, expecting to receive something of them. Then Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have give I thee in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Rise up and walk. And he took him by the right hand and lifted him up. And immediately his feet and ankle bones received strength. And he leaping up stood and walked and entered with him into the temple. Walking and leaping and praising God. Church has just been born. We just one chapter into the church. We're just one chapter into the church and the apostle goes walking by the gate beautiful where the lame man has been lame from his mother's womb. He knows nothing about walking. He has lived with the discontent of being a lame man and the shame of the lameness that he lived with. But there was one Sunday on the way to church that Peter walked by and he didn't stop and say, hold on, I know a great therapist. And if you'll go down and get in the pool, 
and you'll work for the next six weeks, those bones that are undeveloped are going to start developing a little bit and you might be able to hobble around enough that we can put you in a chair and wheel you around. That's not what happened. You know why? Because he wasn't a part of that kind of church. He's part of a supernatural church. It was a first century church. We're just a chapter away from cloven tongues like fire that sat upon each of them. And they go walking into the church and what they remind their community of is we were born in the supernatural and we're going to live in the supernatural. I wish I was preaching to some apostolic people tonight that still believed in signs, wonders, and miracles that the first century church was born in the supernatural and blind eyes were open and deaf ears were unstopped and the lame walk and the dumb spoke and that is the same church that you and I are a part of tonight. We are a supernatural church I was sitting in church one night I was just a kid in the back now you believe what you want I believe it I'm just a little kid that barely woke up from under the pew probably because my mom was swatting at me There's an old man walks in the back door of that little church and he runs to the front of the altar while the pastor's preaching. He don't even slow down. He's drunk. Somebody goes up there and stands him up and he lifts his hands and in just a minute he's talking in tongues. When he comes to from talking in tongues, he's sober. And he turns around to those little people that were praying with him and he said, you're not going to believe what happened to me. He said, I was driving down Oak Ridge Turnpike in my little pickup truck. And he said, there was a hand that come inside my truck and took the steering wheel and he pulled it into the parking lot of this church. That's why I come running down to the altar. It's because the supernatural got in the front of my truck and brought me into this. We're a part of a supernatural church. I'm telling you, God can do anything for I am persuaded, for I am persuaded, for I am persuaded. I'm part of a supernatural church church and what this church was born in is what we live in tonight we're just we're just a few chapters in and the lame man's walking in the next chapter Judgment comes. The Bible says, Oh, Ananias and Sapphira started lying to the Holy Ghost. Now, how do you do that? I mean, I'm reading the text, you know. How do you lie to the Holy Ghost? Like, you ever get up in the morning and you start praying and you're like, lying to God? God, I'm skinny. 
mean, you lying to the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I'm beautiful. I don't care what they say. I, you lying to the Holy Ghost. Look like a bag of nickels. Lying to the Holy Ghost. No. He lied to the man of God. He walked in and said, we sold this property and we're giving the money to the church. We're giving all of it to the church because we're fully committed. And he gave him a second chance. He's like, are you, are you telling the truth? Oh, yes, I'm telling the truth. And the Bible said he died in the aisle. And they drug him out and his wife walked in. She repeated it because the impact of his voice had already determined the direction of her voice. And she walked in and she is lying and he said you've conspired with your husband and the feet that dragged the man out before you's going to drag you out too you know why because when the supernatural's operating in the church it not only brings blessing but it'll bring judgment oh I wish somebody would hear me is we need an old fashioned revival of the supernatural again let me tell you is he didn't judge them because he was tired of dealing with them, he judged them to correct their direction because he had a supernatural church to think about. And when the supernatural gets operating in the church, it'll judge some spirits. Mm. Verse 14. And believers were the more added to the Lord. Multitudes of both men and women. Insomuch that they brought forth the sick into the streets and laid them on beds and couches that at the least the shadow of the apostle Peter passing by might overshadow some of them. And there came also a multitude out of the cities round about into Jerusalem bringing sick folks and them that were vexed. Anybody know what vexed me? Now we know what sick means. But really the best word that we have to define what vexation is is it's what anxiety is born out of. It's just that perpetual battle. And it's gone on so long that it affected your thinking. And there are all kinds of them. The Bible said that in the last day, men's hearts will fail them for fear, right? I wonder how many people we got sick because they're dealing with an emotional battle. Because the enemy is vexing them. He's vexing the saints of the Most High God. You've been in a battle and then that battle turns into another battle. And then that battle turns into another battle. And you're trying to take something or you're trying to get counseling or you're trying to navigate through whatever it is that your mind is struggling with. Let me tell you what they did in the first century church. They went to supernatural church. You know why? Because the supernatural transcends the natural and what the natural cannot accomplish. When you get in a supernaturally charged atmosphere, things that can't be done any other way, you can't drug it, you can't counsel it, you can't navigate through it, but the Holy Ghost will come in your church. He The Holy Ghost will come in your church and it'll do what no other power can do.
unclean spirit. Sick. Lame. Unclean spirit. Sick. Lame. What's the antidote for dealing with an unclean spirit? Daughter work pastor. What's the antidote for dealing with some of those spirits that's walking in that our addiction has opened a portal to and they come in and control people and generations of people? What's the antidote to addiction? What's the antidote to moral failure? What's the antidote to your handicap? What's the antidote to the anxiety and depression and fear that you're overwhelmed with because you're being vexed by a spirit? I'm going to tell you, it's supernatural church. It's that same church that on the first day of church, if you walk by the window, you saw cloven tongues like fire dancing on their head. It's the same thing that they were laying people in the street in the shadow of the apostle would pass by. It's the same thing that showed up in McConnellsville today when we had 15 miracles in the atmosphere. I'll tell you why. It's supernatural, church. It transcends nature. It walks beyond what you can explain. And joy. Isn't that what he said? And the lame was healed. And there was great joy in the city. I'm going to tell you something. There ain't anything worse than dealing with grumpy saints. We got a new church. God's been good to us. We got a new church. We got a new church building. And when I tell you our sound system has been bad for 10 years, it's the understatement. We had a building that was packed and we ran our sound system like a pinto. Brother Bounds, I mean it was awful. It cut out. We'd go buy a board, it'd still cut out. The speakers were terrible. They're about a thousand years old. I'd preach. Half the people would hear. I mean, we blamed it on the sound. It's just they weren't listening probably. Somebody in the back would be like, huh? You know, Pastor, I, it looked good today, but I couldn't hear much of it. We got a new building, Brother Bounds, and we invested thousands of dollars in sound and media. And I'd like to tell you it fixed all the problems. Now we got a Cadillac and we still run it like a Pinto. Hey, but guess what? We got a Cadillac. And the drivers haven't caught up 
to Cadillac technology. We're having to get there week by week. You know that little deal, it makes you stay inside the lines, and if you go across the line, it goes bump, 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 bump. We got some of that stuff going on, except we got more bump, 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 bump than we do driving going on right now. I hope you're not watching. I love you, Pentecostal church. some people that are fussy and I'm, I'm over here we've been saving all these years brother Tackett and the last year I feel like I've just stood in the foyer with my hand open saying come take all the money you want because that essentially is what's gone into this building product is just everything we saved has now just been in my hand and people just come by and take nickel after nickel I mean it's it's what we do so I've been paying for this Cadillac. And I look up Sunday. And we ain't got all the bugs worked out. But I got like two over here going. And I got one in the middle going. And I got another one over here texting people across the church going, I cannot believe we paid this much money for this stupid system that don't even work. And I go and look in my pastoral mirror and go, Huck, you have failed God because the spirit of these people, some of them need a little help. And I got to reading this book and it said that there'd be joy let me tell you what's a byproduct of a supernatural church is there ought to be joy in the congregation. I told the church, we may not be where we need to be with regard to our training, but why don't we celebrate what we got? For the joy of the Lord is my strength. And when you're walking in a supernatural church, then you ought to have joy. It ought to not be fussing and complaining and weary and vexation and getting your mind in a cycle of anxiety and depression. This is a supernatural church and the byproduct of the supernatural is joy. Then the Spirit said to Philip, go near and join thyself to this chariot. And Philip ran thither to him and heard him read the prophet Esaias and said, understandest what thou readest? Huh. He don't go to church anywhere. He just in the corner of his room somewhere and he's reading his Bible and he's saying, Jesus, if you're real, would you bring revelation to me? I don't know anything about no church. I don't know where I ought to go, but my heart's pure and I really want to be connected to something that I feel that I'm being drawn by, but I don't know how to get there and I don't know who to talk to and I don't know who would be willing to give me a Bible study, but guess what? Philip's part of a supernatural church. And the Bible said the Spirit 
spoke to Philip and he said I want you to go join yourself to that chariot because the revival that I'm about to give your community is coming through people who have never had a connection to the spirit but because your church is planted in this community and you have a supernatural church I'm going to give you a revelation of hungry people that you didn't even know were hungry yeah they're walking in partial truth but I'm about to send a revival that your building will not contain and I'm going to show up and I'm going to give you a supernatural direction about a supernatural revival. I had this old gal show up and knock on the door one day. A lady cleaning the church went back and talked to her. She said, well, the pastor's in his office. Would you like to talk to him? Thanks. I wouldn't do anything else. So she brought her back there and she was a little nervous. She sat down in the chair and she said, Pastor, she said, uh, do you, she said, do you, do you believe in conviction? She said, I do. She said, when you sin, she said, do you believe that that the Lord allowed you to feel conviction because of your behavior? I said, I do. She said, me too. She said, I've been going to this church over here. She said, the pastor got up Sunday morning. My husband and I, John, were sitting there and said, the pastor got up last Sunday morning and said, if you're feeling conviction, that's not of the Lord. Now hear me, there's a difference between condemnation and conviction. But he said, if you're feeling conviction, that's not of the Lord. She said, I turned to John and said, John, I know that's not true. And if he's telling us that and it's not true, then what else is he telling us it's not true? She said, so I got up this morning. I got in the corner of my bedroom and she said, I started praying. And I said, God, if that's not the church I'm supposed to go to and they're not preaching and teaching truth, then you reveal to me where John and I are supposed to attend. She said, I was driving by your parking lot today. And she said, the Lord said, that's the church right there you're supposed to go to. Amy received the baptism of the Holy Ghost the next Sunday. John received the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I baptized them both in Jesus' name. You know why? Because we have a supernatural church. And the revival that God wants to give the church can reach inside the gates of a gated community and into the hearts that you thought were shut off. It's a supernatural church. Stand to your feet all over the room. Saul writes two-thirds of the New Testament. He held the coat of the men that stoned Stephen. Who would have ever thought that the supernatural could change the nature of the man holding the coat. He murdered and martyred. He fought the forward progression of the first century church. But I ask for your consideration tonight.
I wonder how many people invited Paul to church. I wonder. I wonder while in the midst of stoning Stephen and that witness. I wonder if Stephen turned around to him and said, Paul, you can have so much more. You could have a future. Let me tell you about Jesus. But even Stephen's witness was worthless. But he's walking down the road. And a light shines out of the sky. And says, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Do you know what it is that reached Saul when nothing else could reach him? Supernatural church. Something just began coming out of the sky and a voice of the Lord began to speak. That's a church that you and I are part of. That's a church that is represented in every daughter work community. That's the witness of the saint of God that's walking down the hallway of your school or sitting in the cubicle of your office. It is a representation of a supernatural church. And there is nothing good that can be withheld from the church if we will live what we were born to be. a little worse I don't know brother Pam and I don't want to say the wrong thing right here I don't know that they're ever going to let you in the pulpit of First Baptist Church First Methodist Church the Presbyterian congregations in this community I can tell you what can happen because there is a supernatural witness in this city People who have never obeyed Acts 2.38. On one Sunday morning, when the old priest stands to the pulpit and starts to give some kind of homily, there can be a light that comes down out of heaven. And the supernatural show up in congregations. I'm going to tell you what I feel the Lord saying to the anchor church. I'm not just going to win them one by one, but I'm going to save entire congregations in your community. Why? Because we're a supernatural church. Woo! The lame can still walk. The dumb can still speak. The deaf can still hear. The lame can still walk. And those that could not be reached with our voice can be reached by the supernatural. Lift your hands all over this room. I want you to step out in the aisle and lift your hands.
Karabaka. Your old men are going to dream dreams. And your young men are going to see visions. And upon my handmaidens and my men's servant, am I going to pour it out? Why? Because I'm a supernatural entity in a supernatural church. And the same thing that fell on the church in the book of Acts is the same thing that is alive and well in the anchor church. Keep on coming. The supernatural's operating. Lift your hands and I want you to speak with faith. Uh-huh. Yeah. You want revival? Start depending on the supernatural. You want to be healed? Start depending on the supernatural. We got a little lady. We got a little lady in our church. Sister Forgy is 83 years old. And Natalie's grandmother prayed her through the Holy Ghost 60 years ago at 40th and Harrison in Kansas City. She came in a few days ago. It's, it's probably been a month or two now. She hadn't been to church in a couple of weeks. She said, they tell me I got cancer. Her son-in-law is a doctor in our community. Her other daughter influential she called me on the phone I was at Matt Tuttle's she called me on the phone I stepped out before you and the daughter was weeping pastor what are we going to do about my mom and I said Kathy I, I don't know I hadn't had time to pray about it to get a word but let me just tell you this is we're going to pray that the Lord extends her days and we believe in something that is higher than a doctor said okay I'm believing with you pastor about a month and a half ago sister Forgy came to my office and she said I ain't going back to the doctor because I don't believe I said now sis that ain't what we do she said what do you mean I said you go get that doctor's report and when that doctor's report says you're healed we're going to march it right up into the front of the church and we're going to celebrate. You already know the end of the story. The doctor called her on the phone and gave her a good report, but he sent the report in the mail. And she brought it, and we stood in the altar, and I said, we're part of a supernatural church. And we got the documented... We got the documented proof that there is no higher power than what was delivered to the first century church in the book of Acts. The greatest church, you and I belong to it. It's supernatural. If you need a miracle in this room, lift your hands all over this house. The gift of faith has already been operating all day. Woo! 
Some of you daughter work pastors get to praying that God will save an entire congregation in your community. You're going to get more buildings than you need. You know why? Because you are a supernatural witness of a supernatural church with a supernatural revival. Go ahead, pray the prayer of faith. Pray the prayer of faith. Pray the prayer of faith. Yeah. I want you to do what Jude said. I want you to pray in Jesus' name and in the Holy Ghost. Some of you that your spouses aren't saved. This is a supernatural church. Your children are away from God tonight. This is a supernatural church. Your marriage is on the rocks. This is a supernatural church. You feel like you're losing your mind. This is a supernatural church. Thanks again for listening to the Anchor Church Podcast. If you enjoyed it, make sure you subscribe so you can keep up on our weekly sermons. If you're in the Zanesville area, we invite you to join us on Sundays. You can find all the details on our website at theanchor.church. Again, thanks so much for listening, and we hope to see you soon.